in a series called Numa, uh, which is the Greek word for spirit. And uh, I just want to ask those that are intercessors that are in the house this morning, uh, would you be oh so kind uh, throughout the message here, would you just be praying um, just that God's will would be done here and accomplished here this morning uh, on the other side of the, the message. Can you say amen? amen. All right, and uh, we're going to get into, uh, you know, more talk about Holy Spirit. Uh, we're in part three. Uh, the first part that we looked at was really just a, a super foundational uh, starting place for us to look at who is the Holy Spirit as the third member of the Trinity, uh, three persons, but one God, three in one. Uh, and uh, laying on that foundation last week, Pastor Ralph started speaking about the work of Holy Spirit, talking about him being the paraclete, uh, the comforter, uh, our advocate, and then we're going to be moving on today and specifically talking more about the work of the Holy Spirit. And, you, you know, this series, the goal of the series that we're driving toward is that we individually and as a church family would grow in a deeper understanding and a deeper experience of walking with God, a deeper experience of getting to know the voice of the Holy Spirit and how to cooperate with God in all that he wants to do moving forward. Sounds good, right? So, so in that, right, it, it would make sense what we want to talk about. Well, if we're going to cooperate with what he wants to do, it's good for us to know what he wants to do. Right? So we're going to get into that and look at it here and, you know, what we do on uh, Sundays and then on Wednesdays are all working within the series. Also, our growth groups are digging in on whatever was spoken about on a particular Sunday. So we've had two growth group uh, meetings happen already, but there's another seven. So it's not too late to jump on if you haven't gotten on board. It's a great way to get to know other people, get in greater fellowship with others here at the church, but also a little more make personal application you know, of, of uh, everything that we're going to be talking about here. So uh, I just want to say, when we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit this morning, I'm not going to specifically uh, make, make difference between the work of the Holy Spirit when we are born again and Holy Spirit comes to live inside us and the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which happens subsequent to salvation. So we'll clarify more about what is baptism in the Holy Spirit and the importance of it. I would just want to talk in broader terms this morning. What is on Holy Spirit's heart and what is it that he wants to do in and through his people? Amen? All right. And then with that, it's going to be driving. That's why I say uh, 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 intercessors, prayer folks, if you just be praying throughout because then we're going to move back in. Uh, I, I think we need to circle back to uh, that word that Pastor Maureen gave. And, uh, you know, we, we prayed on it in worship together. But we're going to uh, even take another step with that, uh, standing in the gap for those who don't yet know the Lord, those who have wandered. So uh, be ready for that. I also uh, believe that the Lord wants uh, some that are captive to go forward free today. So, uh, so let's just be in prayer just that what God desires would fully be accomplished. So, all right. Amen. So let's, let's begin. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter five, uh, working from the new living translation this morning. It is so readable in the English 
That sometimes things pop out that we don't necessarily catch the nuances uh, in other translations. So just be working, I'll be working directly from this. So it might be some familiar verses that you're just hearing in a fresh way. So this is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 17 to 19. So it says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. How's that for pretty plain, huh? It's just laid right out there for us. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts. So specifically, we don't want to be thoughtless in our understanding on what the Lord wants to do, specifically here today on what Holy Spirit wants to do. You know, we, we've said this in some of the introduction, uh, in much of the body of Christ, Holy Spirit is the neglected member of the Godhead Trinity. And yet it's Holy Spirit that lives inside us. Like I said, when we get born again, uh, he moves into our, our heart. And then when God is moving among us, it is the working of the Holy Spirit. So we want to make sure that we grasp and understand what it is that he wants to do. So uh, let's look at a few things here that talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. Number one, uh, the Holy Spirit will draw others to Christ through you. Amen. He wants to use you, your life, your story, and then your journey forward with him he wants to use that as something that will attract and draw others to him. Uh, we, we see this in massive scale in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. Those who believed what Peter said. Now, when we talk about, well, what did Peter say? Well, this was after uh, the day of Pentecost, and Peter stands up, and he thunders this message. He's preaching Christ, uh, and he's preaching salvation in Christ. And it says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 in all. So there's, there's this incredible epic day of, of, you know, the outpouring of God's Spirit. And the first work of God's Spirit is to draw people to Christ. Uh, Peter and John, uh, they heal a man who had never walked in 40 years uh, at the temple gate. We, we read about it in Acts 4, verse 4. It says, but many of the people who heard their message believed it. And so the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. So, so realize there's a miracle that takes place. And out of this miracle, these guys preach Christ. They preach the gospel. And their response is people getting saved. So when we look at what is God's work, what is it that he wants to do? You know, we talked about this in our Difference Maker seminars that we did just a few weeks back. You know, that, that it, it does us good to recognize that every morning when we open our eyes, when we wake up and shake out the cobwebs, that God's number one agenda for that day is to see Christ shared with the lost world. And to see people that don't know him come to know him as Lord and Savior. Right? And so he wants to work through our imperfect, flawed lives. And he's bigger than our flaws. He's bigger than our weaknesses. He's transforming us to look more like Jesus. That literally our life would be a fragrance to the world around us. 
Now, granted, we need to realize those that are in love with wickedness, it's not a pleasant fragrance to them. But it still is the fragrance of the Lord. It's a testimony of the Lord. But then for, for so many others, it's this aroma where somebody says, what is that? I need that. Right? And so he wants uh, the world to be drawn to Christ, but not only as we see in Peter uh, on the day of Pentecost and in the disciples healing the guy by the gate in the temple, uh, but also in the most behind-the-scenes areas of our life, right? In our households, with our families, in all of our coming and going. So from the shouting from the housetops to the most behind-the-scenes and everywhere in between, Holy Spirit is wanting to work in our lives and show Jesus through us. And again, it's not by our might, it's not by power, it's not by performance, it's by authentically walking with God, and then this fragrance and this light winds up pouring out of our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. So the Holy Spirit will also, number two, will give you divine boldness. Now, there are some, I'm sure, that are in here that you are just wired, you are built with a natural boldness. And that's awesome. There's others that are in here that are not built with a natural boldness and you're a little more stand back, a little more behind the scenes. What we're talking about here from Holy Spirit has nothing to do with our personality. Amen? It has to do with a boldness from heaven to see the Lord lifted up in our lives. Let's look at verse 39 of Acts 4. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they preached the word of God with boldness. There it is, right? That, that's, a, that's a courageous prayer to pray. Lord, fill your servant with boldness and stretch out your hand to work through your children. How many know that that's not a prayer for apostles? That's a prayer for every member of the body of Christ, right? Lord, stretch out your hand, work through my life. And, you know, let me share, this was so cool. I thought at the end of, uh, end of service this morning, yeah, well, actually, let me not get ahead of myself. I'll circle back to this testimony at the end. Just something that, that was really moved me that was shared at the end of, uh, end of the service, but I think I was supposed to wait to share that. So, All right, so it takes courage to pray a prayer that says, God, use me. God, work in me. But notice it's got to start with what is it that Holy Spirit wants to do? It's not just that he wants to do something. See, he wants to do something through you and through me. And, and so it becomes uh, up to us to say, Lord, I'm going to be courageous enough to listen for your voice, to learn to discern your voice. And then when I do realize and learn that it is your voice, to have the courage to trust you and step out as you desire to work and move. Amen. All right. Number three, the Holy Spirit will, will have the power of God available to do signs, wonders, and miracles. So this is kind of piggybacking off of these, these first 
two thoughts. So he wants the, uh, the world to be uh, drawn to Christ through our lives. Uh, he wants there to be boldness in the way we live our lives, a divine boldness. And there is power available for signs, wonders, and miracles. Let's, let's look here just at a couple of cool verses in Acts. Acts chapter 5, uh, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. You know, and let's realize here the context of what we're seeing. You know, uh, you know the, the birth of the New Testament church was go tarry and wait until, until you are filled with power, until you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, so that you can go be my witnesses in your backyard, in the world around you, and even to the ends of the earth. And we're going to see in just a minute that, you know, that means, you know, when, when we grasp and understand what the Lord is wanting to do and looking to do, then it really begs for us to ask the question, so Lord, how am I lining my life up with what you're desiring to do? I mean, we can't, we can't say, Lord, uh, do A, B, and C when I want it, and then do one, two, and three when I want it, because I think that would be really cool. But instead, it's, Lord, I know that you want to lift Jesus up. And I know that you want to move in power. And so, Lord, I'm just going to really live my life in a way where there's a priority given to learning and knowing your voice. A priority given to walking with you. Can you say amen? You know, I'm thinking back, and here it is now, uh, you know, uh, October of this calendar year, and, and we're just a few months away to where we'll be moving away from beating this drum on priority-driven lives and casting off the weights and the sins that easily beset us and pushing aside the distractions so that God's priorities are our priorities. And it's amazing because even though that's a theme that we focused on for the year, it's not something that we can ever get away from in our faith, in our walk with God, right? At the end of the day, we have to continue to live lives where what he says is the main thing actually stays the main thing. And so it's interesting because we're, we're going to see in, in, in just a, a couple of minutes here, there's a time where there's a great need in another area of ministry. And, you know, the, the grumbling crowds go to the apostles and say, so, hey, fix this. And they turn around and they say, that's not what we're supposed to be doing right now. Somebody else is supposed to be doing that. We are supposed to be teaching the word. We are supposed to be immersed in the word and immersed in prayer. And you want to know it? Because they were led by God's priorities and not urgent crisis in the world around them, they gave attention to the crisis. But because they were led by God's priority, man, we're reading that their shadows are healing the sick. You know, that, that people are going free. People are getting healed. There's just this, this, this crazy amount of outpouring of God's glory and anointing and miracles and signs and wonders. But it's not, I heard somebody say yesterday, you don't walk up a hill accidentally. Right? You can roll down a hill accidentally. I remember that as a kid being in like a wagon and stuff and, you know, the cart's moving. I don't want it to be. You don't have to worry about that when you're trying to go uphill. 
You know, it's the same thing in our walk with God. We won't be the instruments in his hands. We won't be the partners in the advance of his kingdom by accident. But it'll be by intentionally pursuing his heart. Intent now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying it's by works. It's actually by faith, right? That we live it out and we walk it out. But again, to, to live by faith is to live intentionally. So I'm just kind of bringing us back through some of these themes that we looked at over this last year. Everybody tracking with me? Can you say amen? amen. All right. Hey, another example here of Holy Spirit desiring to, to pour out through miracles and signs and wonders. Uh, Acts 3, uh, 1 to 8, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. And each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. Check it out in verse 6. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you but I'll give you what I have. I'll give you what I have. Amen? We have to have it in order to give it. Amen? These the guys are saying, no, we can't be doing these things because we got to be in prayer and teach the word and be in the word so we can know God's heart so that we can see this, this establishment of the ecclesia, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. So we can see this established in truth and then Holy Spirit leads and works this out and starts driving God's kingdom into dark places and driving back the enemy and breaking the enemy's hold so that God's kingdom will just continue to advance forward. And that's the picture. It's through each and every one of us individually. I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. And then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. And he jumped up and he stood on his feet and he began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. Acts chapter 9, meanwhile, uh, at verse 32, meanwhile, Peter traveled from place to place and he came down to visit the believers in the town of Lydda. There he met a man named Aeneas who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. When he was he and he was healed instantly. Then the whole population of Lydda and Sharon saw Aeneas walking around and they turned to the Lord. So, you know, we got it, just a little side note here. There are covenant promises that God gives to his children. Come on, can you say amen? And those are things that we receive and we walk out personally by faith. But then there's also things that God will do to get the world's attention to show that there is a God. That there's one God, that Jesus is Lord of all. And, and in that context, these miracles are given so that people will turn to the Lord. This goes back to our first point, drawing others to Christ through us. Amen. Number four, uh, the Holy Spirit will empower you to serve and grow the church. Now, we could apply that thought when we talk about the church. We could apply that here to 
the Church of Grace and Peace on Old Freehold Road, but I want you to hear that, that thought in light of the big picture, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the body of Christ. Uh, Holy Spirit will empower you to serve and grow the church. So again, it's not when we, when we say, Lord, here I am, use me. That's not the time for us to take the inventory and say, but I'm not this and I don't have that. Because it is going to be Holy Spirit working in us. Many times he's going to work directly through our gifts. And we want to steward our gifts as unto the Lord. But at the, the bottom line, Holy Spirit will empower us to see done whatever it is that he wants to accomplish. Amen? Amen. So we just got to make the decision. Will I go on the adventure with the Lord uh, to allow him to work through my life the way he wants to? And let's look here at Acts chapter 6, verse 3. It says, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, I referenced this just a few minutes ago, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers. Believers complaining about other believers? Really? I, I never heard of that. Wow. Saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers and they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. Now, don't hear that with condescension because we hear that in our American mindset and we think rank in hierarchy. You know, we big shot apostles are above doing a food program. That's what we hear in our American mindset. That's not what they were saying. As a matter of fact, Pastor Ralph uh, did a great message on Wednesday night talking about the fivefold uh, ascension gifts, apostles, prophet, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and that the, the understanding there is not one of hierarchy. The one is a picture there of different functions. And, and I'm going back to this picture of we need to walk in the prioritizing that God has for our life and whatever it is he's called us to. You know, I could say it this way. Anybody who knows me would say, amen, brother Jim. You know, if somebody was to say, hey, Jim, there's a plumbing leak at my house. I need you to come fix my plumbing leak. You know, and I would turn around and say, I need to be about my pastoral duties at grace and peace, not fixing plumbing pipes. Because if I fixed your plumbing pipes, you would need a plumber to come and fix what I fixed. It's not my gift. It's not my priority. It's not my calling. It's not any of those things. You know, and here's what they're saying. And I, and I love this beautiful picture because he goes on and he says, he doesn't say, so just find seven bodies to fill a space. Because every ministry that Holy Spirit has orchestrated in the body has importance and has the potential to change eternity. Isn't that true of our feeding program here? The thousands of people that are getting ministered to, people get saved in it, people wind up coming to the church here, people find hope, people find encouragement. That is ministering in the Holy Spirit. Come on, can you say amen? amen. It says, so, so brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. And we will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Everyone liked this idea and they chose the following. And it says, Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And it lists a bunch of others. Uh, in verse 6, these seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them and they laid their hands on them. So God's message continued to spread. 
the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem and many of the Jewish priests were converted too. So wow, it's getting to the point where it's breaking through the, the religious structure of the time. In verse 8, Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, uh, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. He was walking in his calling. He was hungry. He was believing God to be who God said he was. He walked in the fullness of the spirit, which meant he had a lifestyle where he was choosing to not walk one way so that he could walk after God's way. Can you say amen? He, he was not walking one way so that he could choose to walk God's way. And that allowed it to be where extraordinary things were happening in his life. Everyday ministry by everyday believers. Amen. All right, so let's go up to number five. Uh, the Holy Spirit, work of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will set the captives free. And uh, we, we looked at this during our Worship as a Lifestyle series, uh, but I just I want to tie this in from looking at this through the lens of what work does Holy Spirit want to do? So Acts 16, uh, let's start in verse 22. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. And around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. So basically, they made the decision, regardless of what's going on in my life, I'm walking with the Lord. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. And led of the Spirit, they just begin to lift their voices up and worship God. Uh, and, and, you know, I heard, I just think this is, I, I heard this is a quote, and I don't know who to give credit to. If you can't worship God in the prison you're in, you're never going to worship him when you get out. I just think that's so great. The Holy Spirit wants to set the captive free. That's the work he desires to do. And, and not only does he want to set the captive free, if there's any captive here this morning, but you know, when we just decide that we're going to let God be God in our lives, when we decide that we're not going to be moved anymore by what we see or feel or what didn't happen or this or that, it gives God room to not only bring freedom in our lives, but that spills over to the lives of everybody around us as well. Amen? Suddenly, verse 26, there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Every prisoner had their chains broken off as these guys decided to worship God in the face of this, this trial they were in. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and ran into the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? See, what's the work of the Holy Spirit? As we love God, as we walk with God, he wants to, through our lives, draw other people to him. 
So, hey, you might be in a tough spot today. You might be in the place of trial today. The enemy is wanting to whisper to you and say, this is where God let you down. This is where it's not going to work. This is where you're done. But God is saying, nope, I'll meet you in that place. And not only will I break your chains, but I'll use your life to draw people to Christ. I'll work through your pain. I'll work through the, the, the garbage. I'll work through the trial. Whatever it is you're going through, church, remember, the Lord is always bigger than our biggest heartache. He's always bigger than our biggest letdown. And in it, there's always an agenda. The enemy means it for destruction. God always means it for redemption. But just imagine if these guys in the prison made the decision, this is what I get for serving God. This is what I get for being bold. This is what I get for stepping out in faith. But they just refused to let themselves go to that place. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody today, huh? Come on, where we just make the decision, no way. I'm not buying the lie of the enemy. My eyes will be on the Lord. So it says, uh, you, you know, what must we do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at, the hour, uh, at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. And then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. And then he brought them into his house and sat a meal before them. And he and his entire household rejoiced that they all believed in God. Amen. So, hey, what grips you, what binds you, what holds you, just be reminded here today whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen. Amen. We're, we're going to cover that uh, as, when we wrap up. Let's go on to our, our next couple of points here. Number six, the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, now for these next couple, uh, let, let's look at some things that we see in Scripture that point to us what the work of, of the Holy Spirit is. So uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, number six, is seen in the life of our Lord. So the Christian life is the life of the Lord Jesus Christ reproduced in us because the Holy Spirit lives inside us. Amen. You know, when we look at this, when we look at this from, a, from our theology, you know, Jesus is the eternally existing second member of the Godhead Trinity who takes on flesh 2,000 years ago and lives a sinless life and dies on a cross for the sin of the world and raises from the dead and ascends to the right hand of the Father. And when Jesus lived on the earth, we're, we're told, it's, it's, it's clarified even in uh, the book of Philippians, it says that he emptied himself of all that he was as the second member of the Trinity. And that he lived for us this example and this model to follow of being led by the Spirit. So we can look at the life of Jesus and realize the way he lived, he lived as an example for us. You know, so those that would say, but, but that was Jesus. Yes, of course, we're not Jesus. We're human beings. He's God. But he did say, the works that I do, you'll do. And greater works. Because I'm going to my Father in heaven. But don't worry. I'm sending you a comforter. 
and advocate. I'm sending you a helper that'll be there with you to walk out this advancing of his kingdom. So uh, as we read through the four gospels, wherever we see a particular thing about the life of the Lord, remember uh, those are things that should be characterizing our lives because Holy Spirit lives in us. With that, number seven, the work of the Holy Spirit is seen in the Lord's teaching on the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So there's a lot of things that are in the teachings of the Lord. We could look uh, just for example here today at John uh, chapter 14. We'll look at uh, 14 through 16. It gives us a lot of this. Jesus teaches that the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth in John 14, 17. So that Holy Spirit's work is that we would know the truth and that we would walk in the truth, that we would help the world see his truth. Number two, he's our teacher, John 14, 26. Therefore, uh, that means he gives us wisdom and knowledge. Holy Spirit is our guide, John 16, 13. Therefore, he leads us onto the right path. Holy Spirit glorifies the Lord Jesus. Therefore, he, uh, he, he's at work glorifying him in our lives. Holy Spirit sanctifies us. Holy Spirit cleanses us. Holy Spirit molds and works in our life so people see more and more of Jesus in us. Amen. All right, last one, number eight. The work of the Holy Spirit is seen in Galatians chapter 5. And uh, as, as we look at this here, uh, this is the chapter that talks about the fruit of the Spirit. So uh, as we look at this, this is the work of Holy Spirit conforming us to the image and likeness of Christ. And, and you know, because it's being identified as fruit to connect a picture for us, we, we can't force fruit to manifest, right? So, so this picture of what we see here, love, joy, peace, gentleness, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all the, all the different fruit of the Spirit, the Lord doesn't say, so now that you're following me, get some grit and just muster it up and try to be really, really good people, right? Because we're going to fall short every step of the way in that. But instead, it is the fruit of a life that is surrendered to him. It starts to manifest. It's apple season, right? Everybody's, a lot of people do the apple picking and all that fun stuff, right? So the apple trees don't sit there and say, all right, we need fruit. And it's like, no, it's a tree and it's an apple tree. And because it's an apple tree with proper care and nurturing, apples are going to be on the tree. But let's look at this because this gives us a great picture. Remember, we're talking, part of the role of this series is that we'll live more hungry, more in pursuit, going deeper in, in a, a life in the Spirit. So let's pick up in verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Can anybody say, Paul, I know what you're talking about, right? That, that battle, that, that warring, right? But when you are directed by the spirit, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. 
sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it moves on here and it gives us a picture. And we're going to get more into this into weeks to come. What does it look like walking after the Spirit? But this gives us a picture of, so how do I, how do I yield? If we just looked at eight different thoughts on how Holy Spirit wants to work, how do we cooperate with that work? Let's just get a couple of thoughts uh, churning in our thinking here, and, th and then we're going to be done. How do we allow this work to happen? Look at verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Right? Jesus said to take up our cross daily and to follow him. So that's making the decision to say, nope, those things that are not from God, I'm putting those things off. And it goes on in verse 25. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us, secondly, so first we nail them to the cross. Second, follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Number three, let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So basically three things to look out there for in order to submit ourselves to the work of the Spirit. And that's what I was going to mention earlier. I had a brother come at the end of service and he said, you know, I've been in the Lord for a while. You know, and, and, um, and what he shared was, you know, the, the Lord spoke to me that I'm not drinking the milk of the Word anymore. Um, I'm in the meat of the Word and the Lord reminded me, you know my voice. You know what my voice sounds like. He said, but when you hear my voice, you don't always do what I ask. And he said, so I had to repent. And I said, yes, brother, along with all of us, right? Because we've all had that time where we realize. And I share that just to make this point that all around this room watching online, we could be you, you know, just trying to get our mind around, wait a minute, are you saying God talks to me? <laughs> that, that's like the starting point of, you mean I can hear God's voice? And so the, the journey becomes, let me learn to discern what's God's voice, what's not God's voice. But then there's other, others of us that might say, yep, over, over years of training, over, over years of walking with God, I've learned to hear the voice of God. But then the question we have to ask ourselves is, Wow, as we look at this incredible work that Holy Spirit wants to do through the life of each believer, are we saying yes to his voice? Are we allowing ourselves to fully listen for his voice? That would be the challenge I believe the Lord wants to make for us today. So as we get ready to close, let me go back to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. We started here. Don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, that idea, be filled with the Holy Spirit, when, um, when we read about the believers praying for boldness and it said the place was shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, Acts chapter 4, that's the same bunch 
that got filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. So, you know, be filled with the Spirit. It's an ongoing, continuous lifestyle command for us. And it goes on to say, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. So how do we apply? How do we walk away um, from this message stepping further into what God wants? Well, you, you know, first thing is, so we really have to grasp the authority that each of us has as believers. Did you hear that? Do you realize the authority you carry in Christ. Not because you're a big shot or not a big shot, a little shot, but because you know him, because he's your Lord, because you've been born again. You've been born into his authority. But how has it worked out in our life? Faith, we believe it. We have courage to take him at his word. And then we walk after the spirit. We begin to look at those places in our life where we say, you know, and I mentioned this, I think a couple weeks ago or maybe on a Wednesday night. If, we, if we're having trouble understanding what in our lives is in cooperation with the spirit and what's not, let's just add, I do this to your glory after everything we do. You know, so, you know, we, we just shoot a really cutting, sarcastic comment to cut somebody down. And we say, and I do that for the glory of the Lord. We're going to know in about a half a second, God's probably not pleased with that, right? God probably didn't want me to do that. You know, our reactions, our thoughts, our meditations, where our hands and feet go, you know, is to just bring that. I remember a guy talking about smoking, the way he quit smoking, is every time he would hold the cigarette up and say, Lord, I do this to your praise and glory. And, and it just so was so conflicting for him to do it. It broke that habit off of his life. Amen. What, what, what a powerful thing for us to take some inventory in our lives to find out what in my life is, is in cooperation with God, what is maybe not so much so.